time you appreciate something good, you make it better. You prepare the way for it to improve. That ministration was quite matured. But I, I saw some of you sit down there, no response at all. So let's appreciate our music ministry. Has God opened doors for you? Anybody has a testimony of open doors? I want you to grab a neighbor. Every member of CTC headquarters will experience an open door this first quarter. Amen. So grab that neighbor, make that declaration. Anything two of us agree as touching anything we ask the Lord on this earth, it will be done for us. Pray. This first quarter, Heavenly Father, may there be open doors in the name of Jesus. Let there be open doors. Uncommon open doors. We call them forth in Jesus' name. We command limits to be overturned, barriers destroyed. We call forth open doors in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. In the name of Jesus. ever faithful God you are dependable you are reliable you are faithful you said when we call you will answer Lord in agreement we are asking that before the first quarter ends every member of CTC headquarters will experience open doors in the name of Jesus every one of us Lord we have testimonies of doors you've opened for us that nobody can shut we call it forth oh God in the name of Jesus we establish it by a holy decree we count it down our Lord will return the glory to you for the things you do in Jesus mighty name we have prayed if you believe that, give the Lord a shout of praise. Amen. Please, you may be seated. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with me.
Acts of the Apostles, chapter 27. I'll read from verse 20. Living the good life is living by the word. Living the good life is living by the word. Verse 20 of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 27. When neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Let's go together. Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. If you flip back to verse 10, Acts of the Apostles, chapter 27, verse 10, and said unto them, that's Paul, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hot and much damage not only of the laden and sheep, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master, the expert, and the owner of the sheep more than those things which were spoken by Paul. So they ran into some terrible storms. For many days, they didn't see the sun or stars. So Paul now came up again in verse 21 and said, you should have listened to me. If you had listened to me, you would have avoided all this trouble. So let's pray. Ask the Lord to speak to you. If you hear him, things will turn out well in your life. So Lord, let me hear you this morning. Expound all things to me. Strip the veil from my understanding. Give me express entrance into the reality of your word. I receive the gift of revelation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Father, we plead the blood of Jesus on our understanding. We plead the blood of Jesus on our minds. We plead the precious blood of Jesus on our spiritual ears. Lord, we would hear you accurately. We receive the harvest of today's teaching. We welcome signs and wonders and diverse miracles as you confirm this word in our lives. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Give me a believing amen. amen. In summary, what Apostle Paul was telling those people was that the trouble that came to them was invited by them because they didn't listen to him. If they had listened to him, that storm was unnecessary. The problem they were passing through was totally avoidable. Can I say to you this morning that there are certain crises in your life, certain storms you will encounter in your life that are totally avoidable. 
if you listen to God. Some crisis in your home. Some homes are scattered today. Husbands and wives, spirit feel, tongue talkers have divorced themselves. That's unnecessary. If they had listened to God, they would have avoided some of those calamities. I will be attempting to unfold to you the value and the importance of building the foundation of your life on God's word. Because if you do, the storms of life will not be able to bring your home down. It will not be able to bring your lives down. But if you build on any other thing other than God's word, you are building on sinking stand. That home will not stand. That business will not stand. In fact, that life will not stand. Paul said you should have listened to me. Let me pray for you. Whatever you are building in life, as you build it on God's word, it will stand. It will stand. The enemy will not bring it down. Amen. I know some ladies that 20, 25 years after marriage, they are still in tears because they refuse to listen to God. They listen to some other voices that looked wiser than the voice of God and they invited calamity. I will say it again and I pray that you hear what I'm saying. I know that Satan attacks everybody, but there are certain problems that are avoidable. Certain heartaches are avoidable. Some storms that come in our lives come because we refused to listen to the one who knows better than us. Lift up your hand. Say, God knows better. He's wiser. Sure, his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than the thoughts of the natural carnal man. So, you want to go forward in life. You want to secure a glorious future I want to ask you, who are you listening to? Who have you opened yourself up to instruct you? Your future, to a large extent, will be determined by whose voice you are listening to. Your destiny, ultimately, will be affected by who you are listening to. I choose to listen to God. Amen? I choose the way of the Lord for the way of the Lord is far better, is the way of wisdom is the perfect path to our ultimate peace let's listen to God Paul said you should have listened to me I pray that some of those storms you have invited, God will show you mercy and give you a testimony in spite of your foolishness in other words, he will show you mercy and turn the storm into a testimony. If you make a decision to start listening to God. Amen? Amen. Now, I'll make some points and some of them you've heard before, but I want them to be re-registered 
on the fleshy tablets of your heart. Because no man can live a good life unless you are listening to what God is saying and living your life by his word. Number one, the most important lesson that God wants you to learn is to live by his word. That is the most important lesson God would want to teach you. To live by his word. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 2 Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 2 And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee and to know what is in thy heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. Look at verse 3. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knowest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Lord, doth man leave are you there verse 2 the Lord said I want you to remember all your experiences right from when you left Egypt please look up and listen to me because all the experiences you had in your journey to the promised land are important in helping you to live well in the promised land God said, remember all the experiences you have. The good, the bad, the ugly, the pleasant experiences, the not too pleasant ones, remember them. Because all of them are lessons that will help you live in the promised land. The Lord said, I suffered you to hunger, not because I can't feed you. I gave you manna from heaven so that you will learn this lesson that as you go to the promised land, the way to live there is not to live by bread alone, but to live by every word that comes out of my mouth. If you don't learn that lesson, you will never be able to live well in the promised land. So God said, remember the journey. You came out of Egypt, the red tree obstructed you. I gave a word through Moses and it parted ways for you. And you walked on dry land. You came out of that experience, came to the waters of manna that were bitter, and you cried to me, and I gave Moses a word, and he took the, one of the, the, cut a branch from that tree, put it in the waters, and turned the bitter waters into sweet waters. And as we were going through the wilderness, you cried to me for food, and I rained down bread from heaven. Food that you didn't know what it meant, what it was. Your fathers didn't know what it was. God said, I made you pass through all these experiences so as to teach you, to teach you, to teach you that man does not live by bread alone, but by what comes out of my mouth. Listen to me. What God wanted them to learn was no matter the circumstances you pass through in life, if you live by God's word, you would live well. 
But if you don't live by God's word and you depend on flesh and blood and the government and the experts, you may flop. Please lift up your hand. Say, I choose to live by God's word. So they were eating manna and asking themselves, what is this? I've told you before that manna means a question. Manna means, what is this? As they were eating it, they didn't know what it meant. So what could this be? A mysterious food that they had never seen before? All the years they spent in Egypt, they never saw something like that. Their fathers never saw something like that. So what kind of food is this? God told them, go out and collect manna every day, but don't you store it overnight. Just collect the amount you can eat in a day. And some of them went out and collected excess. And what they left over till the following day developed worms. Because they refused to obey what God said. And the Lord said, on the sixth day, gather enough to last until Saturday. Because on Saturday, nobody goes out to do anything. So the extra that they collected to meet up the demands of Saturday did not develop worms. Why? Because it was an instruction from God and they complied with that instruction and the manner that developed worms when they disobeyed God now did not develop worms when they obeyed God. God now told them, now take this same food and store it in the ark and keep it for generations to come. And the manna they kept in the ark of God was there for hundreds of years preserved. It did not develop worms. What kind of food is this? That you eat every day for 40 years and still be nourished? No deficiency in minerals? No deficiency in food nutrients? Balanced food that kept sickness away from their body for 40 years? There is no food you eat on earth today. If it's the only thing you eat for two weeks, it will reflect in your life. You begin to develop deficiency of some vital nutrients. And yet God's people ate this particular food for 40 years and it was balanced diet. God said, I made you pass through this process to know that if you live by what I say, you live well. I don't know, it's like, am I communicating to you? So that thing called manna was the word sent from heaven. And as they ate it, sickness left their lives. Bondage left their lives. It was a supernatural kind of living. Why? They were living by the word. God said, I made you pass through all these experiences so that you will learn this lesson. That when you get to the promised land, don't live by what man says or by the efforts of man. Lord, give me utterance. Because I want this thing to really enter you. For you to realize that in today's world, you can live by God's word and live well. Others around you may be experiencing all kinds of crises. What keeps you standing is the fact that God has said it and you are standing on what he says. I pray for you that as others are going down, you will be standing strong. 
Why? You are living by the word, not living by the doctors. And nothing is wrong by going to the doctors. But if you are living by the doctors alone, you are not living well. If you are only living through the goodwill of people, you are not living well. But at every point in your life, you can say, my home is standing because it's standing on God's word. My business is prospering because I am standing on God's word. I am hale and hearty because there are scriptures that are flowing through my veins and destroying viruses and bacteria. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by what comes out of the mouth of God. And what comes out of the mouth of God is enough to help you live well. Lift up and say, I am living well. So that was the most important lesson that God wanted the children of Israel to learn. Lo and behold, they didn't learn the lesson. The murmured, complaint, grumble, and their carcasses littered the wilderness. That wasn't God's will. His will was at every point in time when you come by the Red Sea of your life, you can declare to yourself, there is a word for me that will help me chart my way across this barrier. I know of some people that went through heart surgery and they inserted what they call pacemakers in their hearts. And everywhere they go, there's one small remote control they carry with them that modulates their heartbeat. So if it's going too slow, they can press that button and increase the pace. If it's going too fast, they can press the button and reduce it. Their life literally depends on that remote control. So if the remote control accidentally falls and gets damaged, that's trouble. If the remote controls get spoiled, it means they'll fall down and die. Their life depends completely on that small machine. Now, God wants you in your walk with him to bring you to a point where your life depends on what he says. If you can find a scripture that covers your case, God is putting into your hands what will help you to live well. Lift up here and say, I will live well. Say it again, I will live well. So that's the most important lesson God wanted the children of Israel to learn. And it's also the most important lesson he wants you to learn. The devil came messing around Jesus and Jesus told him, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Amen? amen. I say amen. amen. Exodus chapter 17. Exodus chapter 17. And all the congregation, verse 1, of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin after their journeys according, here it is, to the commandment of the Lord and pitched in Rephidim. And there was no water for the people to drink. Now you've seen the paradox there. Their movement was by the commandment of the Lord and yet the commandment of the Lord brought them to a place where there was no water for them to drink. Here is the question. Who led them to that place? Who carried them there? Did he miss his road? Did he make a mistake? 
it was their obedience to the word that brought them to a place where they were asking, ah, there's no water for us to drink. And yet, God did not miss his road. Now look down. Verse 3. And the people thirsted there for water. And the people did what? Murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore is this that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? And what God wanted them to do at that point of trial is to remember there is a word from God that can take us through this trial moment. But instead of looking up to God for a word, they murmured, grumbled, and complained. And it's not different from what a lot of Christians do today. The slightest trial, instead of looking for a word that will take them through, they are blaming God, blaming the government, blaming everybody. Man shall live by the word of God if you want to live a good life. And by the commandment of the Lord, hear me well, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, at times you would come to a point in your life where you would ask yourself, ah, oh God, where are you? Now look at verse 7. And he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah because of the chiding of the children of Israel and because they tempted the Lord saying, what did they say? Is the Lord among us or not? Sure. Times will come in your life where you would ask yourself, is God truly with me or has he become my enemy? But remember when those moments come, God wants you to learn this lesson that you can thrive, survive, go beyond that present crisis if you learn to live by the word. Because there is no challenge you face in life that does not already have an answer in the book. So raise your hand and say, I will live by the word. Now here is the other one. Number two, the most important counsel that God ever gave to mortal men. Is for them to live by the word. The most important counsel that the most high God ever gave to human beings was to tell them, live by the word. Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. Now it is the account of the mouth of transfiguration Jesus went up to the top of that mountain with Peter, James and John and while they were there he got transfigured before them and the disciples heard the father say now look at verse let me read verse 5 to verse 7 Peter answered and said to Jesus master it is good for us to be here and let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias. For he wished not what to say, for they were so afraid. Verse 7. And there was a cloud that overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud saying, let's read that next sentence together. 
This is my beloved son. What do you do? Hear him. So that is the most important counsel that God Almighty, the all-wise God, ever gave to human beings. I don't know if you people are here. Look up and listen to me. Now, this is an experience nobody in the whole of history had ever had. Not in the Old Testament, not in the New Testament, and nobody after this period ever had this kind of experience. So anything that happened at this point in time was vitally important. Peter, James, and John saw Jesus totally transfigured. The cloth he was wearing started to shine like the sun in his brightness. And they saw Elijah and saw Moses. These were saints that left the world thousands of years ago. They saw them talking with Jesus. Moses representing the Old Testament. Elijah representing the prophet. And Jesus representing the new covenant. And they had this opportunity of hearing a conversation between Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. How many of you would have wanted to be there that day? And while they were there, a shadow overshadowed them. A cloud rather overshadowed them. And they heard the voice of the heavenly father. The first time those disciples would hear such a voice. They heard the voice of the father speak to them. This is my beloved son. Hear him. Everybody say hear him. Yes. Say it again. Hear him. Yes. What was he telling them? Live by what? By his word. The Amplified Version says, listen to him. Attend to what he says. Obey him. It's like God, the all-wise God, putting into their hands keys that will help them to succeed in the future. You want to go forward in life? This is my beloved son. Whatever he says, listen to him. You want a sound marriage? A happy home? Whatever he says, hear him. Because life will not respond to you and give you your best unless your ears are listening to what he says. So I don't know anybody that can beat this. I don't know anybody. I don't know what you have gone to school to learn that is better than what the all-wise God is saying. I don't know what counsel you will get from the tradition of elders that will be better than what the all-wise God is saying. This is the most important counsel God can give to anybody he loves that he wants to succeed in life. The word. Listen to him. Nothing will have the power to block your path if you are listening to what he says. Sure, darkness may loom in the horizon. Things are getting tougher. The darkness ahead is worse than the one that is behind you. But God says, if you will listen to the song, you will make headway. This is my beloved son. Hear him. Please raise your hand and say, I will hear him. Say it again, I will hear him. When the storms come against you, what do you do? Hear the song. Hear the song. When it looks as if the sun is not shining on you, darkness everywhere, the, star, the stars are not shining on you, the father is saying, hear the song. Because if you listen to what he says, there is nothing that Satan can cook up in the 21st century that will stop your progress. Man shall not live by bread alone. 
but by what comes out of the mouth of God. Let me ask you today, how much of his word do you place value on? Today in church, there's so much of ceremony. <laughs> People go for so many things. But any church that does not settle down to hear the song will not go far. And any believer that takes light or makes light of what the Son of God is saying cannot live well. But those who have made it propose in their hearts that they will put priority on what the Son is saying. Can I say to you that that word will prepare for you a harvest in your future that will give you joy. Because at times when the word of God is to be preached, uh, some of you switch off. Why? You came to church for some ceremonies and the ceremonies are over. The excitement is over when it's time for the word. For some of you, it's time for sleep. But those who place value on God's word, they sit at the edge of their chair. God has something to say. And I've got to hear the song. And when the word is coming, you are excited, soaking it in. And that word, which is the incorruptible seed of God, will produce a harvest that will make you different from those that have been overwhelmed by the darkness of this age. This is the lesson we've got to learn. This is the highest counsel from the all-wise God. Hear the song. And if you look at the life of Apostle Peter, please let me get your attention. At the end of his life, in his second epistle, out of all the experiences he had with Jesus, this was the one that stood out. He said, we were with him on the holy mount. We were there that day. Now, he saw Jesus walked on the water. He had all those experiences that most of us are excited about. Blind eyes were open. Peter saw that. He saw Jesus multiply bread and multiply fish. He was there, life. But out of all the experiences that stood that, that made him believe that this word of God is one you can depend upon. Paul said, we were with him on that holy mount. We had the voice of the father. He told us, pay attention to what the son says. Pay attention to what the son is saying. Lay hold on his word and live your life by what he says. Peter said, we have this sure word of prophecy. Therefore, live your life. Pay attention to what he says. Because what he says will be like light shining in darkness. And it will shine brighter and brighter until it breaks through the gloomy darkness. Am I talking to people here? So whatever the gloomy darkness is in your life, the light of God's word will what? It will break through. It will shine brighter and brighter until it subdues that darkness. I pray for you again. Lift up your hand. May every darkness in your life now bow to the authority of the light of the scriptures. My friend, what's the easiest way to get darkness out of your life? Is it to abuse darkness? Say, shake your darkness. Waka. We curse you with Holy Ghost fire. No. If you want to get darkness out of your life, you switch on the light. And the way you switch on the light is go to the word for revelation. Once it hits you, darkness finds its level. There are a lot of places you go to, you know, I mean, you just see ignorance on parade. For one hour, they are praying one prayer. 
Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost fire. Holy Ghost fire, fall, fall, fall. Holy Ghost fire, fall. Ignorance has never been able to sustain any miracle. It's simply not possible. Even if I pray for you now, you roll on the floor and spit and spit and spit. If you get up, there is nothing in you that will produce the light of God. Darkness will come back. So this is the greatest counsel. Anybody here that is interested in permanent liberty? Anybody? I am interested. Though. Because I have seen people roll on the ground. And next altar call you give, they are back again. The same thing. Year in, year out. But I have seen a sister find something in the Bible. Say, Lord, I will attend to this scripture until it produces light. And they ponder, they meditate, they meditate, and then suddenly they say, okay, I see, I see, I can never be bound by any demon again. They have touched the light. And once you get to that point, you don't have to cause darkness. Darkness will go. Every chain binding you will shatter to pieces. How? the light of God. I shared with you years back, you can bind the devil by prayer, you can bind him through knowledge. You can put demons in chain through prayers, but there are certain prayers you may not need to pray if you have enough light. And nobody should misunderstand me. My own personal testimony is five different sicknesses in my body. Nobody needed to pray for me. This was years back, many years back. It was just camping at the feet of the Holy Spirit and getting him to just unfold the scriptures. Romans chapter 6, I came to verse 6 and the scripture hit me. And five diseases left my body. No anointing oil to drink. Nobody to lay hands on me. The scripture produced light. The light broke through the darkness and brought health to my body. Here is the most important counsel. You want to live well? You want to live a good life? The Father, the almighty sovereign God told those privileged disciples, hear the song. Listen to him. Please raise your hand and say, this is the way for liberty. This is the, way for the most important counsel that man can give to another man is to tell him to live by the word. That is the most important counsel that one man can give to another man. Sure, the most important counsel God can give to man is to tell you to live by the word. But the most important counsel that I can give to you as a pastor is to tell you to live by the word. John chapter 2. John chapter 2, when they wanted wine and there was no wine, Mary, the mother of Jesus, came to him and said, Help us out. Shame has struck. Deliver us from this reproach. And then she turned to the servants who were there in verse 5. John chapter 2, verse 5. Are you there? Read it, please, as loud as you can. Let's go. Whatever he says to you, do it. And this 
was the counsel that Mary gave to those servants. Now, she had known Jesus from the day he was born. She had never seen him do miracles before because this was the first public appearance of Jesus where he performed a miracle. But she knew that a word has been spoken about this man. So, whatever he tells you to do, if you will do it, it will turn the shame to glory. So she now told the servants, just do what he says, because what he says will produce miracles. Lift up your and say, I believe that. I believe that. Say it again, I believe that. I believe that. Whatever he tells you to do, what do you do? Now, do it. If you will do it, it will turn the situation around. And the servants who had no choice were humble enough to do what the master told them, obey an instruction that was sounding so senseless. But I'll repeat it again. If you are too used to the ways of men, the ways of God will confuse you. Sure. If you are too used to the ways of human beings, the ways of God will throw you off balance. Because he will say things that will insult your intelligence. Jesus told those servants, okay, go and fetch water and fill this water pot to the brim. <laughs> and after they had obeyed, say, okay, now you can draw from this pot, take it to the governor, let him taste this thing. And compare it with what you've been drinking before. And thank God they were servants. And usually servants will not allow their intelligence to get on their way. They simply obey. I pray that God will give you that kind of an attitude. Amen. That God says it and in simple obedience you comply. Don't tell me many times your intelligence will not want to get on your way because it will. By virtue of my training, there are times I pray for sick people and my mind wants to get in the way. You open your mouth and say, every bacteria in this body, die and come out. But your mind is saying, how can these things be? The incubation period of this salmonella typhi is at least two weeks. So it's been growing and flourishing in that body for two weeks before the symptoms appear. And for it to go, you need some antibiotic, um, antibiotics and the fever will come down gradually as the bacteria die and yet you are saying in Jesus name be healed symptoms disappear what you learned will want to get on your way oh that you will not study the economic situation in the country to determine how far you will prosper in this nation because it can become an obstacle. Whatever he says to you to do, foolishly obey him. Can I pray that somebody here will prosper in the most unnatural manner? But this is the most important counsel a man can give to another man. If I love you and I do, I will plead with you to fall in love with God's word. I will employ you to keep your ears closed to what God is saying. I said years back, one very fast way of getting the devil to divorce you is to get married to the scriptures. He will issue a divorce letter. Bunso, kuma, bunso, bunso. 
Get married to the world. Get married to the world. Get married. And reproach will divorce you. Pain will divorce you. Shame will divorce you. Mary said, whatever he says to you, do it. So I want to ask you one more time. Are you prepared to live a good life? If you are prepared, then you've got to live by God's word. Amen. amen. I say amen. amen. I had a testimony that it took me faith to believe the testimony. I knew that the brother who shared it is quite authentic. He is not looking for anything to boost his image. He just stated what God said. I mean, what God did in the life of a beloved sister who was being troubled by her own mother, but she didn't know. So one day after going through the scripture, she saw that this word of God is power. It's alive. It's like a hammer that breaks rocks to pieces. Fire that consumes everything on its path. The light of the scripture hit her. So she got up to pray and say, Oh God, in the name of Jesus, every hand of the devil that is touching my life, I break it with the hammer of your word. I break it. I cut it off with the hammer of your word. And when she prayed that prayer, her mother that was hundreds of kilometers away fell sick, developed cuts all over her hands and was bleeding profusely. And before she died, she confessed all the evil deeds she did against her, her daughter. And after her confession, she died. Why? That lady tapped into the revelation that this word of God is alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And with the revelation she had, she now used the weapon against whoever was troubling her. She didn't know it was her own mother. Whether it's your mother or your auntie or anybody, your troubler will be troubled by God. If you tap into a revelation of the awesome weapon at your disposal, it works not just because it's there, it's a revelation that makes it work. That's life testimony. Now I had one years back, a brother who was lying on his bed and one old lady came in his dream, he was sleeping, came in his dream to choke him. So he hit his hand in Jesus' name. And when he hit his hand, the hand hit the wall and he woke up. And when he woke up, he had one madam in the compound who was fetching water, coughing. <coughs> And it was the same woman he saw in his dream. In Jesus' name. And when he was hitting the wall, he was actually hitting one demonic agent. And she started to choke. May we choke those who have been sent to trouble you. Live by the word. God has said it. That settles it. It's okay for me. Not looking for extra, extra holy water to be sprinkled. Now, if it happens through the prophetic, by prophetic instruction, fine. But may your life not be tied to that holy water. 
or tied to anointing oil. Do you know some believers, they don't go anywhere unless they have that thing, either in their pocket or in their cars. Some will put it on their forehead, say, Lord, as I go out, favor, favor, favor. Some on their eye, eyelids. But as I read the exam paper, expo, expo, divine expo. <laughs> totally tied to such things. Now, don't you have enough scripture that tell you that you are surrounded with favor as a shield? Don't you believe that? Come on, talk to me. Don't you believe that? How many of you believe goodness and mercy will pursue you everywhere you go? Now, that is the word. Now, I'm not saying using some of this thing is wrong, but the Pentecostal church is coming to a point where they are making a God out of some of these things. They carry a handkerchief, Lord, and then they spread it on the chair. Lord, in Jesus' name, I declare any wish that wants to uproot me from this, my chair. Now, if it's a prophetic instruction, fine. But if your life is tied to that thing and not tied to the word, you won't go far. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. If I sit where witches put their heads, they will be in trouble. Now, you remember my testimony? That I came to open my car door and I saw sand on the chair white sand that you only find in Babich. The windows were locked. The car was locked. How sand came on the driver's chair is a mystery up till today. But the truth is, the God I serve, who doesn't sleep nor slumber, was aware when they were cooking all their evil imaginations. So I got there, cleaned it, and sat on it. And I'm still alive today. Because no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Please raise your hand and say, I believe that. Live by the word. Don't be a disciple of all these places where they put people in, in fear. They chain you down with fear so that you can always come back for their small, small prayers. They tell you, this is what I see, I see. Yesterday it was your auntie. Today is your uncle I'm seeing you. He's after your life. Let me tell you, whether they see or they don't see, the devil is after your life. Nobody needs to tell you he's after your life. But there is a bloodline that he cannot cross. Knowledge says that. That there is a blood friends around me and those who contend against me will fall for my sake. Those who strive with me shall be brought to nothing. Leave by the word. Thank God, some of those people don't come to me again because I disappoint them. It's a man of God. Please, uh, what did you see? What did you see? And then you open the Bible and say, This is what I see. It's here. It's here. But if they gather against you one way, they won't live one way. They will scatter in seven different directions. That's what I see. But what they are waiting for is a. Uh, for me to say yes, 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 yes. Oh, there is a neighbor close to you in the village. I am seeing she's going to your river. You know that stream in your village? I see her pouring something there. She's tying your destiny. 
She's tied it to a rock. She has thrown the rock inside the stream and it's going down. Oh, your destiny has been tied under the, under the stream. Then say, man of God, what do I do now? You will never be enslaved again in Jesus' name. Who will tie your destiny under his tree? When the God who gave it to you is watching over your life to ensure that it comes to pass, out with this lies of the devil in the name of Jesus. I refuse to be a slave to these merchants of fear. This is the most important counsel man can give to another man. Number four, it's the most important gift that God can give to you. The gift of revelation knowledge. The gift of the revelation of God's word is the greatest gift God can give to you. Without the revelation of his word, you cannot be saved, you cannot be healed, you cannot prosper, you can't make progress. But when he loves you enough to reveal the word of God to you, what a blessing. Matthew chapter 16, Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Now hear the response of experts, response of religious people, who are not dummies, oh. These were intelligent guys that spent their whole lives reading the scriptures. Some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Some say one of the prophets. But all of them were wrong. And then Peter said, excuse me, I believe I know the answer. Jesus said, what about you? What do you say that I am? And Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the, of the living God. And then Jesus added a statement before the thing gets into Peter's head and blows him up in pride. He said, this has not come through flesh and blood. If it's flesh and blood that gives such things, all these religious people would have known it. But this is from my Father in heaven. Lift up your eyes and I pray for you. May God give you the gift of revelation. That means unfolding the secrets in his word. I don't know if you, Augustine, let me get your Bible. How many of you know there is life here? Yes. How many of you know there is liberty here? Yes. Please talk to me. Yes. Is there power here? Yes. Is there healing here? Yes. Can this make you prosper? Yes. Can it bear witches and wizards? Yes. But you know how you get in touch with what is inside. You can open it like this and not see what is there. But when the Holy Spirit opens it to you, the life inside comes out. The liberty inside comes out. The key to prosperity comes out. So the man who is a blessed man is a man who has access to revelation knowledge. That's the best gift God can give to you. And that's why your prayer on a constant basis as you approach the Bible is, Lord, open the eyes of my understanding. Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 16 down. Open the eyes of my understanding. Give to me the gift of revelation. Pray it over and over and over. 
and see the scriptures come alive. Second Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 says, As we behold God's word, we are changed from one level of glory to another. We are transformed. So those who used to know you will now testify that something good has happened to you because they are seeing something visible. You become an epistle that they can read. What you used to do, you do no more. The word has transformed you. Amen. Amen. How many of you are getting changed from glory to glory? What is the complexion of God, God's people? Is God black? Is he white? If I ask some of you, or if I tell some of you that the color of God is black, gosh. but if I say the color of God is white, People who suffer from inferiority complex, who believe that those with white skins are better than them, will agree that God is white, but he's not black. But God is neither white nor black. His complexion is what? His glory. And as you behold him in his word, you are getting transformed to that complexion. So that all the yamayama of oppression will leave your life. And then the beauty and the splendor of God will manifest in your life. Tell your neighbor, I see you change. change. From glory to glory. glory. Number five, the greatest and most important offensive weapon you have as a Christian is the word. Is the word. The revelation of the word. That's what makes the name of Jesus work. That's what makes the blood of Jesus work. The revelation of God's word. That's why one Christian can use the name of Jesus and get more results than another Christian because the depth of revelation he has is deeper. It's the same blood, but the results are different. So the weapon becomes a weapon of power in your hands when you get a revelation. The most important offensive weapon you have is God's word. Hosea 4.6 tells us the reason why God's people are being destroyed is because of lack of knowledge. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 13 says the reason why God's people are being led into captivity is because of ignorance. And the cure for ignorance is knowledge of God's word. Number 5.6 The most important and most faithful messenger you can send on an errand is God's word. I just pray those of you that are here will be around on Wednesday or else you'll be totally lost when we, we minister on Sundays. We've been told that God's word is a messenger. God sends it on errands. And it always returns testifying that the job has been done. So the most faithful, most powerful, most reliable messenger that you can send on an errand is God's word. How many of you have sent people on errands before and they disappointed you? 
Uh, they went and did something totally different from what you told them to do. But if you send God's word on an errand, it will always come back and tell you the job has been done. For Isaiah 55 tells us God's word will never return to him void. It can't go back to God empty. It always accomplishes the assignment given to it. God sent his word to those who are suffering from destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. And the word healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Please raise your hand. Say the word is my messenger. Amen. Amen. You can send it. Go and bring my open doors for me. Go bring healing to my body. Go bring my deserved deliverance. And that word will not return to you and say, I couldn't do the job. Are we together? God's word is that, that boomerang. Once you send it out, it will always return. And return with results. You know what a boomerang is? Is what these Aborigin, Australian Aborigines use. They use it as a weapon. And they also use it for sport. When they spin it, if it doesn't hit its target, it will come back. Now, the way God's word is, is, it will go and get the job done and come back with a testimony. Wave your hands to the Lord. So that's the most important most reliable messenger you can send. Speak the word only and the job shall be done. Finally, the most important decision you can make, the most important choice you can make in life is choose to build your life on the foundation of God's word. Make that choice. But before I do anything, I'll ask myself, what is God saying? Before I say yes to that man who wants to marry me, I want to find out, what is God saying? The most important decision, saints, you can make in life is to decide to build your life on the foundation of God's word. Matthew chapter 7 tells us that if you do that and the storms come, the storms will leave your, your life standing strong. So make that decision today. You'll pursue God's word with the whole of your heart. It will become the delight of your soul. You'll hunt for it as people hunt for silver and gold with the whole of your heart. You want to get married to the Holy Scriptures. Proverbs chapter 2, as we conclude. Proverbs chapter 2. Let's open our Bibles. You know, one good thing about opening the Bible, it makes it easy for you to catch revelations. So open your Bibles. Verse 2 of Proverbs chapter 2. Verse 3. Verse 3. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her 
as silver and searches for her as for hid treasures. I don't know how many of you are willing to pay this kind of price because you want knowledge. You want the revelation of God's word. As a businessman looks for hid treasures, as he looks for profit in his business, the Bible says you put as much effort so that you can get the revelation of God's word. And it says when you do that, then, verse 5, then and only then shall thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. This thing is not available to just casual inquirers. But those who seek it with diligence. Amen. Have you seen a brother pray before? Lord, as I go to church today, it is me you will speak to. You will address this situation in my life. I will not hear you in parables. Dear Father God, you will expound reality to me. I'm leaving the church with light, enough light in me to drive darkness out of my life. And then he comes and sits down. His notebook is ready. His bio is ready. He's, he's catching every word. And then after one year, you see the big difference between him and the one who comes to church religiously. God says, you seek for knowledge like a man is seeking for his treasure. You cry out for it as somebody is looking for silver. Oh God, I am tired of being deceived by the devil. Shed your light on my path. Give me a word. Blessed Holy Spirit, you are the spirit of revelation. Breathe on the scriptures. Bring life out of your word. And many times when I tap into such revelations, I say, Holy Spirit, I love you. You can bring honey from the rock. You can. The difference will show in our lives. Those who live by the word and those who choose to live by what the world is saying. So when you come to church, switch off your handset. And then switch on what? Your mindset. And tune yourself to hear what the Lord is saying. As the most important uh, lesson God wants you to learn is the most important counsel God can give to you. Is the most important counsel a human being can give to you. Finish the rest now. Open your notes. No, you have not reached decision yet. What did you write? Number four. Yes, it's the most important gift God can give to you. Look up. If God says tomorrow, tomorrow, everybody who comes to church 6 a.m., I will dole out to you a million naira. How many of you will pack all your neighbors here? And trek from Anguanyesu because the express has not started operating there. And you'll be in church by 5 a.m. And you take the front seat. In case the thing doesn't go around, it will reach those of you who are in front first. I'm sure you'll do that. But the best gift God can give to you is not money. It's revelation. And then the best and most important, the wisest choice you can make in life is to choose to live by the way. Now, that's number six. What of number five? 
the greatest what? Offensive weapon you have is God's word. Rise to your feet and say, I have the word. I didn't hear you say, I have the word. Now raise your two hands and bless the Lord. I appreciate you. Because your life will matter. Your life will count as you make a choice to live by the word. If you receive that word with gladness, then raise your voices and appreciate the Lord. We give you praise, Father. In the name of Jesus. Please pray for your neighbor. Get your neighbor two and two. Pray with the whole of your heart. Oh God, grant my brother, my sister, revelation knowledge. Open the eyes of his understanding. Strip every veil of distortion. Every veil of ignorance. Lord, grant us revelation. Melia Lambda Zahusa Kaborundus. Melia Lambda Zahusa Kaborundus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we convert the gift of revelation knowledge. Give it to us, Father. Lord, give it to us. Open the eyes of our understanding. We will no more wallow in darkness. We will not pursue shadows anymore. Lord, would run for your word. Lord, would pursue after the truth. And as we do, reward your people in Jesus' name. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In the name of Jesus. Please give me an explosive amen. Now let me ask you, how many of you know the size of Satan? Now it's easy to say anything, but it can only come by revelation. I can tell you the devil is nothing is under your feet. It won't register. But when your eyes are open, you don't need not much noise. Deep down in your spirit, you know where his level is. Remember this story I've shared over the years. When I went to a home in Wusasa, years back to visit with a family, it was in the night. And I approached the compound and there was a dog that was barking furiously. It was quite aggressive. So I stood glued on one spot. I couldn't move further. So I started to call if there was anybody in the house to come and help the situation. 
Then the housemaid came out and said, oh, daddy, you are the one I said yes. He said, please come in. I said, no. I said, what about this dog? And then she supplied revelation. He said, daddy, oh, the dog is tied. So you can come in. And as I was walking past, the dog was still barking. But it couldn't move from where it was. A housemaid came and supplied revelation. Or else the man of God would have been disgraced. Listen, life is not about titles. It's about what you know. Can I say something? I hope you understand what I'm saying. Titles don't entitle you to walking in dominion in the realm of the spirit. They don't. Professor this, Archbishop this, Deacon this, immaterial. But you stamp your authority in the realm of the spirit when you have a revelation of God's word. You know, God told Jeremiah, he said, it's true, you are a prophet from your mother's womb. But this day, I put my words in your mouth. And because my words are in your mouth now, I set you over the nations. What set him over the nations? Not his titles, but the word of God in his mouth. Lift up your and say, I'm above. Say it again, I'm above. I'm above. Above circumstances, above situations, above the demons of hell. I'm above. Now, what sets you above is the word in your mouth, not your titles. It's well with you. You will reign in life in Jesus' name. Please go and shake at least two, three people. Say you are. About to listen to a life transforming message from the pulpit ministry of Dr. John Akbami, who is commissioned by God to equip and perfect saints for divine service. He is the presiding pastor of Christian Teaching Center with international headquarters in Zaria, Nigeria. Today in church, there's so much of ceremony. People go for so many things, but any church that does not settle down to hear the song will not go far. And any believer that takes light or makes light of what the Son of God is saying cannot live well. But those who have made it propose in their hearts that they will put priority on what the Son is saying. Can I say to you that that word will prepare for you a harvest in your future that will give you joy. Because at times when the word of God is to be preached, uh, some of you switch off. Why? You came to church for some ceremonies and the ceremonies are over. The excitement is over when it's time for the word. For some of you it's time for sleep. But those who place value on God's word, they sit at the edge of their chair. God has something to say. And I've got to hear the song. And when the word is coming, you are excited, soaking it in. And that word, which is the incorruptible seed of God, will produce a harvest. 
that will make you different from those that have been overwhelmed by the darkness of this age. This is the lesson we've got to learn. This is the highest counsel from the all-wise God. Hear the song. And if you look at the life of Apostle Peter, please let me get your attention. At the end of his life, in his second epistle, out of all the experiences he had with Jesus, this was the one that stood out. He said, we were with him on the holy mount. We were there that day. Now, he saw Jesus walked on the water. He had all those experiences that most of us are excited about. Blind eyes were open. Peter saw that. He saw Jesus multiply bread and multiply fish. He was there. Life. But out of all the experiences that stood that, that made him believe that this word of God is one you can depend upon. Paul said, we were with him on that holy mount. We had the voice of the father. He told us, pay attention to what the son says. Pay attention to what the son is saying. Lay hold on his word and live your life by what he says. Peter said, we have this sure word of prophecy. Therefore, live your life. Pay attention to what he says. Because what he says will be like light shining in darkness. And it will shine brighter and brighter until it breaks through the gloomy darkness. Am I talking to people here? So whatever the gloomy darkness is in your life, the light of God's word will what? It will break through. It will shine brighter and brighter until it subdues that darkness. I pray for you again. Lift up your hand. May every darkness in your life now bow to the authority of the light of the scriptures. My friend, what's the easiest way to get darkness out of your life? Is it to abuse darkness? Say, shake your darkness. Waka. We curse you with Holy Ghost fire. No. If you want to get darkness out of your life, you switch on the light. And the way you switch on the light is go to the word for revelation. Once it hits you, darkness finds its level. There are a lot of places you go to, you know, I mean, you just see ignorance on parade. For one hour, they are praying one prayer. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, fire. Holy Ghost, fire. Fall, fall, fall. Holy Ghost, fire. Fall. Ignorance has never been able to sustain any miracle. It's simply not possible. Even if I pray for you now, you roll on the floor and spit and spit and spit. If you get up, there is nothing in you that will produce the light of God. Darkness will come back. So this is the greatest counsel. Anybody here that is interested in permanent liberty? Anybody? I am interested. Though. Because I've seen people roll on the ground. And next altar call you give, they are back again. The same thing. Year in, year out. But I've seen a sister find something in the Bible. Say, Lord, I will attend to this scripture until it produces light. And they ponder, they meditate, they meditate, and then suddenly they say, okay, I see, I see, I can never be bound by any demon again. They have touched the light. And once you get to that point, you don't have to cause darkness. Darkness will go. Every chain binding you will shatter to pieces. How? the light of God. I shared with you years back, you can bind the devil by prayer, you can bind him through knowledge. 
you can put demons in chain through prayers but there are certain prayers you may not need to pray if you have enough light and nobody should misunderstand me my own personal testimony is five different sicknesses in my body nobody needed to pray for me this was years back many years back it was just camping at the feet of the holy spirit and getting him to just unfold the scriptures romans chapter 6 i came to verse 6 and the scripture hit me and five diseases left my body no anointing oil to drink nobody to lay hands on me the scripture produced light the light broke through the darkness and brought health to my body here is the most important counsel you want to live well you want to live a good life the father the almighty sovereign god told those privileged disciples hear the song listen to him please raise your hand say this is the way for liberty the most important counsel that man can give to another man is to tell him to live by the word. That is the most important counsel that one man can give to another man. Sure, the most important counsel God can give to man is to tell you to live by the word. But the most important counsel that I can give to you as a pastor is to tell you to live by the word. John chapter 2. John chapter 2, when they wanted wine and there was no wine, Mary, the mother of Jesus, came to him and said, Help us out. Shame has struck. Deliver us from this reproach. And then she turned to the servants who were there in verse 5. John chapter 2 verse 5. Are you there? Read it please as loud as you can. Let's go. Whatever he says to you, do it. And this was the counsel that Mary gave to those servants. Now she had known Jesus from the day he was born. She had never seen him do miracles before because this was the first public appearance of Jesus where he performed a miracle. But she knew that a word has been spoken about this man. So whatever he tells you to do, if you will do it, it will turn the shame to glory. So she now told the servants, just do what he says because what he says will produce miracles. Lift up your and say, I believe that. that. Say it again, I believe that. that. Whatever he tells you to do, what do you do? Now, do it. If you will do it, it will turn the situation around. And the servants who had no choice were humble enough to do what the master told them. Obey an instruction that was sounding so senseless. But I'll repeat it again. If you are too used to the ways of men, the ways of God, will confuse you. Sure. If you are too used to the ways of human beings, the ways of God will throw you off balance. Because he will say things that will insult your intelligence. Jesus told those servants, okay, go and fetch water and fill this water pot to the brim. (laughs) 
And after they had obeyed, he said, okay, now you can draw from this pot, take it to the governor, let him taste this thing. And compare it with what you've been drinking before. And thank God they were servants. And usually servants will not allow their intelligence to get on their way. They simply obey. I pray that God will give you that kind of an attitude. That God says it and in simple obedience you comply. Don't tell me many times your intelligence will not want to get on your way because it will. By virtue of my training, there are times I pray for sick people and my mind wants to get in the way. You open your mouth and say, every bacteria in this body die and come out. But your mind is saying, how can these things be? The incubation period of this salmonella typhi is at least two weeks. So it's been growing and flourishing in that body for two weeks before the symptoms appear. And for it to go, you need some antibiotic, uh, antibiotics. And the fever will come down gradually as the bacteria die. And yet you are saying in Jesus' name, be healed. Symptoms disappear. What you learned will want to get on your way. Oh, that you will not study the economic situation in the country to determine how far you will prosper in this nation. Because it can become an obstacle. Whatever he says to you to do, foolishly obey him. Can I pray that somebody here will prosper in the most unnatural manner? But this is the most important counsel a man can give to another man. If I love you, and I do, I will plead with you to fall in love with God's word. I will employ you to keep your ears closed to what God is saying. I said years back, one very fast way of getting the devil to divorce you is to get married to the scriptures. He will issue you a divorce letter. Bonso, kuma, bonso, bonso. Get married to the world. Get married to the world. Get married. And reproach will divorce you. Pain will divorce you. Shame will divorce you. Mary said, whatever he says to you, do it. So I want to ask you one more time. Are you prepared to live a good life? If you are prepared, then you've got to live by God's word. Amen. Amen. I say amen. amen. I had a testimony that it took me faith to believe the testimony. I knew that the brother who shared it is quite authentic. He is not looking for anything to boost his image. He just stated what God said. I mean, what God did in the life of a beloved sister who was being troubled by her own mother, but she didn't know. So one day after going through the scripture, she saw that this word of God is power. It's alive. It's like a hammer that breaks rocks to pieces. Fire that consumes everything on its path. The light of the scripture hit her. So she got up to pray and said, Oh God, in the name of Jesus, every hand of the devil 
that is touching my life, I break it with the hammer of your word. I break it. I cut it off with the hammer of your word. And when she prayed that prayer, her mother that was hundreds of kilometers away fell sick, developed cuts all over her hands and was bleeding profusely. And before she died, she confessed all the evil deeds she did against her, her daughter. And after her confession, she died. Why? That lady tapped into the revelation that this word of God is alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And with the revelation she had, she now used the weapon against whoever was troubling her. She didn't know it was her own mother. But whether it's your mother or your auntie or anybody, your troubler will be troubled by God. If you tap into a revelation of the awesome weapon at your disposal, it works not just because it's there, it's a revelation that makes it work. That's life testimony. Now, I had one years back, a brother who was lying on his bed, and one old lady came in his dream, he was sleeping, came in his dream to choke him. So he hit his hand in Jesus' name. And when he hit his hand, the hand hit the wall, and he woke up. And when he woke up, he had one madam in the compound who was fetching water, coughing. <coughs> and it was the same woman he saw in his dream in Jesus name and when he was hitting the wall he was actually hitting one demonic agent and she started to choke may we choke those who have been sent to trouble you live by the word God has said it that settles it it's okay for me Not looking for extra, extra holy water to be sprinkled. Now, if it happens through the prophetic, by prophetic instruction, fine. But may your life not be tied to that holy water. Or tied to anointing oil. Do you know some believers, they don't go anywhere unless they have that thing. Either in their pocket or in their cars. Some will put it on their forehead. Say, Lord, as I go out, favor, favor, favor. Some on their eye, eyelids. But as I read the exam paper, expo, expo, divine expo. <laughs> totally tied to such things. Now, don't you have enough scripture that tell you that you are surrounded with favor as a shield? Don't you believe that? Come on, talk to me. Don't you believe that? How many of you believe goodness and mercy will pursue you everywhere you go? Now, that is the word. Now, I'm not saying using some of this thing is wrong, but the Pentecostal church is coming to a point where they are making a God out of some of these things. They carry a handkerchief, Lord, and then they spread it on the chair. Lord, in Jesus' name, I declare any wish that wants to uproot me from this, my chair. Now, if it's a prophetic instruction, fine. But if your life is tied to that thing and not tied to the word, you won't go far. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. If I sit where witches put their heads, they will be in trouble. 
Now you remember my testimony? That I came to open my car door and I saw sand on the chair. White sand that you only find in Babich. The windows were locked. The car was locked. How sand came on the driver's chair is a mystery up till today. But the truth is, the God I serve, who doesn't sleep nor slumber, was aware when they were cooking all their evil imaginations. So I got there, cleaned it, and sat on it. And I'm still alive today. Because no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Please raise your hand and say, I believe that. Live by the word. Don't be a disciple of all these places where they put people in, in fear. They chain you down with fear so that you can always come back for their small, small prayers. They tell you, this is what I see, I see. Yesterday it was your auntie. Today is your uncle I'm seeing. He's after your life. Let me tell you, whether they see or they don't see, the devil is after your life. Nobody needs to tell you he's after your life. But there is a bloodline that he cannot cross. Knowledge says that. That there is a blood friends around me. And those who contend against me will fall for my sake. Those who strive with me shall be brought to nothing. Live by the word. Thank God some of those people don't come to me again because I disappoint them. It's a man of God. Please, uh, what did you see? What did you see? And then you open the Bible and say, this is what I see. It's here. It's here. That if they gather against you one way, they won't live one way. They will scatter in seven different directions. That's what I see! 